Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm not just going to say I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Because that would be too on the nose. Right? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that just be the worst? I'm Alex. <laughs> <laughs> this week... I know you're uh, not going to, but you should insert cricket noises after that. I'll consider it. <laughs> We're recording early this week, so I might actually have time. Uh, we are talking about The Godfather. Yes. Um, You've never seen it before, correct? I have never seen it before. So, to and that's I was excited and. I'm still excited uh, that we're we're doing this one. What a change of Just pace! We've done Solo, Jurassic World two, and Ant Man and the Wasp, mm-hmm. and now we're doing The Godfather. What did we do before? Or we're, yeah, we were doing Mission Impossible in the middle of that. So like, yeah, um, we're taking a weird was, turn into good movies. A, I was gonna say this was a good a good break to just be like, you know what? Let's just stop with all that crap. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, so I had never seen it before. Obviously, I'd heard some of the some of the famous lines. Uh, you, you know, the, the make them an offer you can't refuse. Uh, yeah. There's some other stuff I knew. So, so there's an episode of Modern Family, um, which I have not watched in a long time. I I hear it's terrible now, but it used to be very good. Um, have you ever watched that show? Are you familiar with it at all? Yes. Okay. What a what uh, a great way to start our Godfather conversation. Yeah. Well, you, do you know the relevant. show Modern Family? <laughs> no, no, that's no, relevant. And there's probably at least two people listening who will be like, "Ah, I know where he's going with this." <laughs> it, there's an episode where they parody The Godfather, and it ends with like the 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 kid. Um, he he on behalf of his on behalf of of, of Phil, the, the dad, the kid goes around and like while like. I think that it's. I think there's a, they're at a bar mitzvah, and so there's the like there's like music playing from that over a montage of like the kid going around and like he cuts off like a stuffed animal uh, horse head and sticks <laughs> it in the kid in like a bull, I think his bully's like bed. Yeah, and like uh, does some other like he he shoots some balloons that are covering up a billboard that's advertising his dad's firm or whatever. I don't know. They, he 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 goes around and does some stuff like that and like there's. It's it, it's it's a fun parody, and I I think I knew at the time that that had to be a parody of The Godfather, but I had no idea like what it was. That that was like the most context I had for it. I knew that there was a brutal montage somewhere in The Godfather, and that was about all my context going into this. Do you want me to have an even deeper cut? What? Do so it. at the beginning of Rugrats in Paris, the movie, mm-hmm. there's a whole bit where they're at. Is it a wedding? I can't remember what the context is. They're at some big event. But but Angelica is acting like the Godfather, and she's like in this back room, and Phil and oh Lil God. show up, and they're like, "Oh, we found this in our crib," and they hold up like a wooden horse head, <laughs> and it's just like, "Oh my God!" <laughs> and um, Angelica's parents are like dancing or something, and they're like, "I can't believe we let her watch that movie last night. Oh, it was just <laughs> a scene or two. It couldn't have had that much of an impression." <laughs> oh my goodness. It's a baby shower. Why do I remember Rugrats in <laughs> Paris, the movie? I have no idea. I haven't seen that movie in like 15 years. It sounds like something you're going to have to come to terms with yourself. Um, I don't remember hating it. But yeah, so uh, 
So now that we've discussed Modern Family and Rugrats in Paris, the movie, let's discuss The Godfather. And that's the sort of thing is that I I don't even know how much of a cultural impact this has had. Because beyond, like, references to things, like, direct parodies like that. Yeah. Like, there are... I feel like there there's so much about the sensibility of this movie that influenced work after. I don't even know like what the state of movies were at the time this came out. Um kind of leading into we've we've talked about similar um time period. Like I think what what's the oldest we've done so far? Is it is it Star what Wars? Is it is it is it Star Wars? No, it's Rocky. Okay. When did Alien come out? 79. Okay. Rocky was 77? 76. 76. Okay, cool. So we've beaten this by a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, I just... It, it, it's just a good movie. It's like um, a really good movie. Yes. Uh, it's much better than Ant-Man and the Wasp, I'll tell you that much. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disagree with you. On that I just want to harp back on how much I don't like that movie. Oh, uh, oh, I'm aware. <laughs> uh, uh, let me go ahead and get into the scores. We'll get into the best thing we're saying, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Um, so, The Godfather from 1972, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. It has a 98% critic score and a 98% audience score. Which is a little... A little low. Well, I was going <laughs> to... Sure. I was going to say it's not based... That's... When you get movies that are this old, the, the audience... And critic scores are both just completely like people who go back and review movies that are already acclaimed yeah. as uh, critical classics. Like, it's hard to take much away from that because it's just like, oh, this is a movie everyone loves, and therefore people have gone back and given it great grades uh, in the digital era. It's not a bunch of weirdos going, oh, hey, we need to drive the Rotten Tomatoes score down or up well, true. To, to, as yeah, a yeah. screw you yeah. to the critics or whatever. Yeah, there's that. But I'm just saying, I don't know what... I I mean, I think this was critically acclaimed at the time, right? Like, it, it just instant hit. Yes, right? very much so. Um, uh, But you never know. It was also but, a nightmare to get made. Yeah. This is one of those situations where it's like, how did it turn out this good? Because <laughs> apparently uh, the, the 70s studio, had a lot of those. <laughs> the studio was questioning Francis Ford Coppola at every turn. They they kept threatening to pull him off the movie. Um <laughs> Seriously, like, every casting choice they were fighting him on, and he, had, <laughs> there were so many stipulations to get Marlon Brando on the movie. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fascinating. The whole thing's yeah. fascinating. Um, um, but Tyler, what is your best thing and your worst thing about The Godfather? Hmm. Episode 4, A New Hope. <laughs> uh, before I get into that, I did want to mention that, that this, is, this is all around just a strange episode, because we are also recording uh, in daytime. Uh, it's it's like the uh, you know the, well I'm saying I'm saying that in combination with the fact that we're reviewing like an old classic as opposed to like some trash that came out two years ago, <laughs> um, or some trash that came out a few months ago. <laughs> sure, um, talking about Solo, right? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, the um, yeah we we are we are recording in daytime about a movie that came out uh, you know well before any of the other movies we reviewed. And it's a, a, a critical classic. This is like the opposite of you know you know you got your Adult Swim and your Nick at Night, uh, yeah. where it's like oh we're doing like the, the 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 nighttime version where we're gonna get some more, you know, 
I don't know. That, I'm just saying that's our normal standard, and so this is like the daytime version of that. Like if 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 the regular version was the night version, and we're now doing the day version. Uh, so I don't know how this is going to turn out because usually we're we're nice and delirious by the time we record this podcast. Um, but this also might mean we have con- coherent thoughts. So uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, my best thing is probably just how well a three-hour movie handles the momentum of the plot. Um, There's a lot of movies, I think, from this time, maybe, you know, a little bit earlier is what I'm thinking of, but Mm -hmm. are frankly just boring. Would Like, they'd be boring if you just showed them to today's audiences, and they were just like, oh, here's a new movie, let's go watch it. And they went and watched it. They'd probably get some trash reviews because they'd be very considered very slow and dry and, you know, not very interesting. Right. Uh, whereas this, the entire movie is just, just dripping with tension and atmosphere and intrigue. Yes, and other so the in- buzzwords. <laughs> sure, but it's it's true. Like tension is the best word I can describe it with yeah. because it's like you're always anyone can like, get shot in the back at yes. any moment. You're just on the and it's not just that so much as like. Anyone can wake up with a horse head in their bed. I, yeah. I really don't know how the movie works. Um, because there's not really, like, a, a set Very goal. carefully, Tyler. For most Very of the carefully. movie, you're not sitting there thinking, ah, so here's their conflict. Here's what they have to get out of. You're just sitting there along for the ride as, like, these people just are on a roller coaster of gang violence and family uh, backstabbing. Right. And it's just like trying to I, I don't know I don't know how they pull it off I really don't <laughs> but I was never bored I, I the entire time I was I was kind of on the edge of my seat just you know waiting uh, to see what happens next uh, yeah which is I think an extremely uh, impressive uh, feat to pull off um hmm stuff to come up with the worst thing isn't it it is uh My only thing, I mean, my worst thing would probably be the flip side of that, which is that sometimes I don't even really, I don't even really know how to voice this, but I, there, there is every now and then there would be a point where I'd kind of get to like, all right, so w- w- what's my motivation? Um, there'd be points where I'm, I'm kind of like waiting for to see what happens next, and yeah. th- maybe the transitions would be a little strange. Um, yeah. It's not even really like a good complaint, uh, but it's just that sometimes the the sort of uh, flow of the movie seemed a little a little jarring, maybe because mm-hmm. like especially I, I was I was very concerned early on when uh, Vito Corleone gets shot. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, Steph, he's dead. Oh God, all right, what what are we doing here? Um, the movie just lost its most interesting character. Yes. Oh God, yeah. And uh, then they, they, of course, slide out of that into, A, he's not dead, but B, yeah. they, they use that to, to springboard Michael into his kind of more starring role for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it all works out fine. Uh, but there were a few moments like that where I was kind of like, uh, is this going to work? And then yeah. it did. So that's my complaint. <laughs> During the movie, there were times I was worried it wouldn't work. But then, but it, then did. it did. Uh, and this movie does benefit greatly from a rewatch. And I will say, um, I've seen this, I guess, a total of three times mm-hmm. so far. Uh, so before really having any experience with the Godfather movies, my I was visiting my, my 
parents one weekend, and my father had recorded some special thing where they had spliced together the first two Godfather movies, but they edited them in in sequential order. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the second movie is about young Vito Corleone, played by uh, Robert De Niro. Okay. So that's edited to Which, be first. I should say, I have not yet watched the second part, so yeah, very interested to see how that goes. Anyway, continue. So that's first. Then The Godfather happens. Then the rest of the second movie happens. It's 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 hmm. an interesting edit. I don't know if it yeah. completely works. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because the second movie is very specifically edited to show like the rise of Michael and young Vito. Like it's ah, comparing the two okay. of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but that was kind of my first experience with it. And then I saw like the trilogy on like sell for like 10, 15 bucks on Blu-ray. Sure. And I was like, I mean, I-, I like the first two enough. Let me get it. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. And then I watched all three of them through, uh, and then now I'm watching through them again. So basically, I have I still have limited experience with it, but I have seen these movies before. And like I said, I think they totally benefit from a rewatch, in so much as I couldn't remember anyone's names. I'm slowly starting <laughs> to pick up on it. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, "Wait, who are they referencing? Uh, who's who's betraying who?" I... There were times when I was just on the edge of being like, "I have completely lost track." Like uh, I but... I need a list of like. Yeah. Sure. Uh, names and then uh, pictures of each person. I think, I think the biggest reason that's an issue is because there are a lot of characters that look similar. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of actors that look similar. But, well, it's uh, also... <sighs> I will say, on my just just having just going straight into the first part and watching it um, without kind of trying to keep track of any backstory. Uh, I had subtitles on, but generally I was able to keep track of what was going on. Yeah. Um, in terms of all the different characters and names. So I had more of a problem with that with part two. Okay. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, for the most part, why this one is my favorite so nope. far of of the three. Uh, I don't I don't dislike three like a lot of people do. Um, it's got problems, but I don't. Who is it. so? I've, I I'm I'm just gonna jump ahead to three real quick because I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, three is is largely marred because of uh, people so, people dislike the performance of Sofia Coppola, correct? Yes. yes. And wh- who does she, she plays, play? She plays Michael's daughter. Uh okay, mm-hmm. interesting. Anyway, I was just curious about that as I was watching it. But yeah. um, yeah, it's interesting. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. We will. We will. Um. Anyways, I'm gonna start with my worst thing because I want to point out how great this movie is. <laughs> okay. My worst thing is the scene where Santino he realizes that his sister is being beaten by uh. What's his name? Carlo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, you're, you're going to have to help me with the name sometimes because mm-hmm. I'm a bit shaky on that. I'm not very good with names. I believe... So, I'm based on what I was... Santino seems to be the Italian version of the name. Yes. But then he's sunny is, yes. is how they say yeah. in English. So, I don't know. I couldn't tell if that was... His name is Santino in Italian and they just call him Sonny. Or if his name is Sonny and Santino is like a specific, like, honor honorific, something like that. I like don't a, know. a specific way of saying it. But... Anyway, um, yes. so the scene where where Sonny goes to beat Carlo in the middle of the street, there's a couple of shots where it's like he clearly like the punch didn't land, right? But you would only be able to tell that because yeah, yeah. you're watching yeah. it in HD mm-hmm. on Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and that's that's my worst thing. They also do a nice thing though. I I, I know I caught it. <laughs> I caught that as well. But they also do a great thing in that where they kick him. Uh, 
Sunny kicks him uh, kind of like behind a fire hydrant that's that's sprinkling, yeah. and so then he can continue just like beating up on him, but you can't tell that he's not la- actually landing hits. Yeah, um, which is a nice trick, nice little visual. But I I did notice that a couple times, and there's some weird bits with the sound mixing where it's like I don't feel like that person is actually saying those lines, and it feels like it's being dubbed afterwards. Sure. Uh, particularly at the wedding at the beginning of the movie, that's mm-hmm. where most of that comes in. Um, some minor technical issues, and that's about it. That like that's that is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what my best thing is. Kind of, it's 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 kind of like how with a worst thing, it's like we list off one best thing, and then the worst thing is everything else. Yeah, this is the inverse. Where yeah. my worst thing is oh, some minor minor technical things, whatever, and then my best thing is everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. I might just, just say the story overall. It's just like yeah. this grand behemoth of a film. I, yeah. And yeah. even when the movie threatens to like halt and become something completely different, it still manages. Mm-hmm. It's constantly mm-hmm. interesting. It's exactly. always coming up with exactly. new things. I I remember watching it for the first time, and when Michael goes, like when he leaves the country, and he's just kind of out in farm country. Yeah. Um the movie threatens to like just come to a a halt mm-hmm. but then it manages to stay interesting yep it's great um so i guess i'll just say say the story overall um i realized it while watching it this time it felt very game of thrones to me <laughs> mm-hmm. just in terms of the the dynasty family struggle and who's going to be on top and sons having to pick up the legacies of their fathers it felt very Game mm-hmm. of Thrones. Anyone can die at any moment in mm-hmm. spectacular fashion. Um, Which I feel like we should we should clarify. Game of Thrones feels very this. <laughs> yes. Uh, I believe... Yes, obviously this came before Game yeah, of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, I believe um, the Game of Thrones, the first book in that series, came out in 96, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Somewhere around that time, so... Yeah. Um... I don't. I, I don't even know where to start with this. I want to kind of. So I think about this a lot when we're talking about movies. How a lot of the times we will just dive right into talking about it. Yeah. Um. And like like talking about specific plot elements and things, because uh, a lot of the times I think we do go into episodes with the assumption that you've already watched the movie. Um, right. Unless it's something that you know we're just going to be trashing and you just want to join in. Um. Whereas this. I, I'm curious how many people have actually watched this. Uh, at at least, least how many people in our generation. Yes, how many people listening to this uh, this podcast have watched this? Um, it's just so good, uh, and I'm trying to think of how you how to convince somebody to go watch a three hour movie. <laughs> because the thing it's is, this... Game of Thrones, but it's gangsters. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's this, that's it. <laughs> this feels like. So the, we we have uh, had the the uh, mispleasure, the displeasure of watching some three-hour movies that felt that runtime. Yes, or I'm even longer. Of, I'm thinking of one in particular. Um, and then we've also talked about. I'm not going to bring it up. We've also talked about uh, Lord See, of the Rings. See, that could actually be several things. Like That's I, true. I, That's I true. think I know, I know you're which one you're going for, but yeah. it could be one of many options. Well, it's not Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit movies that I was gonna. I was specifically thinking of. I'll say that. But the, both of those we talked about. Uh, the Two Towers, the extended version of the Two Towers, does feel its runtime a little bit. Um, and obviously, all the Hobbit movies 
Uh, I don't. Do any of them break three hours with the extended? Do they all with the extended editions? I don't care. I don't remember or care. But they're all around that, and they're all just the worst. Um, Except for the extended version of three, where it just gets so stupid. Which is great. Yes, still kind of the worst, but not quite the worst. Um, but uh, this one feels its runtime in the sense that like it packs so much story into it. Like you said, epic. And that is the best way to describe it because yes. the entire like I mean it, it is and it also know, it doesn't feel like part one like if if this no. was the only one that we had it would be perfect on its own which I was curious is was this intended as the first part I don't know the story with that I don't know how we'll if part two that. was I'll have to see if I can find something on that um, well I don't even know if it's just one book. That Mario Puzo wrote. Because mm. I know he helped with the script. And I think that's also a very good thing. That they actually had the author of the book at least co-writing the script. Mm-hmm. Which I find very interesting. interesting. Are, are I'll you... try and find uh, something for that. But okay. my point was going to be first. This one... Like, this is only half an hour longer than your your standard blockbuster. Maybe maybe 45 minutes. Right. Um, it does so much with that. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Like, it's just... I, I got to a point where I was, like, halfway through the movie, and I checked to see... Like, I think I was just I was grabbing some food or something, and I, I, yeah. I checked to see how long I... And I was only halfway through, and I was like, holy crap, I'm only halfway through. It feels like I've already watched a movie. Um... It feels like a season of television. It really does. But it, really, and it totally I works. Yes, uh, and it, it's a season of television that is stripped down to only its most interesting parts. Yes. Um, and it's not that there's not time, there's not breathing room in it. Um, yeah. There, there's there's times where it, it, it kind of, I mean, especially, like you were talking about with all the stuff with, with Michael and uh, he goes back to Italy, like all of that is mm-hmm. uh, kind of slow paced and, and ramps up right at the end. Um, and there's a lot of sequences like that where I mean the the entire the first half hour of this movie is all around all centered around the sequence of uh, Vito Corleone's wedding. Yes. Well, no, no, so no, no, his daughter's wedding. Or yeah, his wedding. Yeah, no, his wedding specifically. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, his daughter's wedding. Um, and it's all centered around that. And they take their time. They show you what this family is like. They get we we get introduced to some of the players. We don't necessarily get like a specific. This is this guy. He does this. It's more just like we're kind of bouncing around between characters and as we bounce around them we sort of figure out the network of this family yeah um and then from there like the movie just really like gets going and which is almost even more impressive that they spend so much time on that sequence and the the movie still feels like such a a saga mm-hmm. um, i think doesn't it take place across the span of like 10 years i think is i, I was seeing that when i was looking up the description it's supposed to be something from, like, like that 1945 to 1955 i think it said um, that makes yeah. sense. It's just, uh, it's insane. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's it's fascinating because, based on my understanding, this is sort of a, a glorified version of, like, mafia politics and stuff. Like, apparently it's, in real life, this isn't actually, like, how mafia stuff is sure, run. Sure, sure. Um... It, well, it feels kind of like the Dark Knight trilogy in this, in the way of like it, it tries to make it feel as realistic as possible, mm-hmm. even though 
clearly it's a very cinematic version. Stylized, you know, it's very yeah. stylized. Um, but I don't know that this movie, it, the believability factor, I think, is a huge part of it. Where it's just it takes its time in showing you this world and the inner workings of it, and there's a there's a logic to everything, mm-hmm. and how how everyone reacts, and they actually talk about they they discuss things. Tyler, do you remember when the main characters actually discuss the situation and how they're going to handle it? Isn't that just delightful? <laughs> like when Sonny and Tom are, are arguing about whether or not they're going to start a gang war. Isn't that just delightful? And they do that a lot. And they do it a lot. They talk about decisions. And, and it's, I'm again, like, I see where both of you are coming from because they, they've done a great job establishing your characters. There's never a point where I'm sitting there thinking, oh... Also, Robert Duvall, I think, is the, the underrated uh, MVP of this movie. Who does he play? He's Tom. Okay, I figure that's where you're coming. At. Yeah, he's and it, it's it's it really upsets me because he's in the second one, but then he's not in three, and I think he is sorely missed in three. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I really like Tom Hagen. Oh, I can't believe I didn't recognize him. No, I, I couldn't put a face to to Robert Duvall's name, and then yep. I looked it up, and I was like, oh, that's the same guy. Okay, yep. yeah, he he's. Tom Hagen is one of my favorite characters in this movie, mm-hmm. just because he's he's the voice of reason. Yep. He's always the one being like, guys, it's, it's, you, you do realize it's not business, or, or it is business. It's not supposed to be personal. And Sonny's just like, no, screw that. I'm going to kill everyone. Yeah. It's great. Now, I'm trying to figure out if there was supposed to be a sequel, and I cannot confirm this. Well, it's fine. We can we can look into it later and then bring it up in the next episode. It's fine. That's very true. I suppose that makes more sense than than now. Than um, than having dead air just so you can look up one <laughs> factoid. All right. Yeah, it'll only take me twenty minutes. It's fine. <laughs> um, but it's also it's about the sequel, so we might as well talk about it when we're talking about the sequel. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. It's so interesting to watch this movie and just. Over the course of the first, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes, figure out what kind of movie you're watching. Yeah. Because um, like I said, the, the sequence around the wedding um, takes forever. And there's a lot of stuff in there that is just there for character work and just there for kind of fleshing out the the world. Yeah. And um, your main character for your trilogy doesn't show up until yep. like half an hour in. Yep. Yep. Um, and even then, like, he's he's barely there. Like, he's just yeah. sitting there with Kay for well, a little while. Yeah, and the the entire transition from Don Corleone to... Uh, is it Corleone or Corleone? I don't think it matters. Okay. I feel like the different characters pronounce it differently in the movie. I say Corleone. Um, Corleone makes sense. Uh, yeah, Michael doesn't show up until uh, well into the wedding. And, and you specifically... It's interesting because you specifically have um, Vito saying, Hey, where's Michael? We can't do... We can't shoot a photo without michael yeah and it's very um, clear that michael doesn't and, actually and, want to be there well yeah but i was just gonna say on you know i i can imagine watching that on rewatch that's a very funny like ah we 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 need him to start the, the franchise like that's, that's <laughs> yeah fun, that's fair fun yeah, there's a little bit of a um, meta thing there all right yeah. yeah um but yeah like i i've never seen a movie pull off the transition between protagonists like that yeah 
Also, and just, it, just Michael's character arc so mm-hmm. succinctly in one movie. And mm-hmm. and it does expand further into the second one with him driving even further into darkness. Um, where he, he kind of just becomes a monster. But we'll get there. Um, well, his, he's so great early on in this movie. When, when he's just kind of as the, the side character. Yeah. And you, you don't realize that he's going to become such an important part. Like you can tell, obviously, it's like, oh, he's getting more involved in his, his family's affairs. Yeah. Um, but like the bit where... Uh, the uh they they find out that Luca is or was killed yeah um with the dead fish while Michael's trying to call him and he just hangs up the phone like why why'd you make me call him then he's dead yeah what are you... uh but then um you know what's delightful mm-hmm. they didn't have to write in a stupid comment for him to make mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. he he just put down the phone and that's that's the thing is that the movie doesn't expect the movie expects you to watch it. Yeah, the movie doesn't expect you to to it it doesn't expect its audience to have a short attention span. So it's like we need quick cuts, we need fast editing, we need lens flares everywhere. It doesn't feel the it never feels the need to summarize what's going on. The yeah. closest we get to that is when um Kay and Michael first get to the wedding, and Kay's asking Michael about like hey, what's which is the a deal good in for the audience just to get some exposition yeah. and she to... is literally. Asking the audience, and specifically the bit about Tom Hagen is is brilliant. Yeah. Where where he, she's like, if he's got a different last name, why is he your brother? Well, also um, explaining some of the the vocabulary, like consigliere, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, um, helping to explain that. But it also, just on a character but, level, it helps to show that that Michael really has an understanding of everything that goes on. He just doesn't want to be a part of it. Yes, it, it shows you that he's he's smart and he's you yes. know kind of on the up and up, but um, he's just not. Yeah, yeah. I will say regarding Michael, I do find it interesting that we don't hear anything about his military backstory. Mm-hmm. Everyone refers to him as a war hero, but we don't actually know what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of weird because when you really start to break it down after you've watched the movie, you're like, based on our understanding and, of course, not being given all the facts about his war experience, it's kind of like he had the perfect build-up to becoming a mob boss. Yeah. Where it's like he's he was constantly in danger and fearing that anyone around him was going to get killed or he would get killed. He was constantly in in dangerous situations. So when it gets to that hospital scene where he has to protect his oh, father, yeah. and he knows exactly what to do, which is sort of the the part where he becomes the protagonist. Yes, um, where where it's like, oh, now we are actually following him. Yeah, um, at least until he he disappears for a little while. Uh, and then we kind of revisit him later. Well, but, even like, just like he—he he knows exactly what to do. He's like he tells the the, the baker who shows up out of nowhere mm-hmm. to give to give uh, Vito flowers. He's like, go out front. We're gonna have our hands in our pockets, like we're holding guns, and we're just gonna stare yeah. at them as they drive by. Great, great little bit because uh, they they had him show up earlier, where he's the one who uh, wanted to have his son um, be uh, stay or son not be expatriated back to Italy. Mm-hmm. And and he made the wedding cake at uh, Vito Corleone's wedding, and yes. he's like, ah, or Vito, <laughs> Vito Corleone, Connie's ah! wedding, <laughs> uh, Adrian's yeah. wedding to Rocky Balboa, Tyler. Yes. Come on, yes, correct. Uh, we need to talk a little bit about Talia Shire. I'm not sure excellent. about her acting in parts in this. That would be excellent if Carlo was played by Sylvester Stallone. But yeah, the um, it, it, and again. What's the wrong, movie... Carlo? Shut up. And and talking Shut about Game up, of Thrones. Adrian. <laughs> uh, talking about Game of Thrones, the movie expects you to 
follow all the characters in the plot lines. Yeah. Uh, especially to recognize people. And, and Pay like, attention, it's not going to hold your hand. Yes. Uh, one of the, the closest But at the same time, can... it's not going to be so abstract that you you literally have no idea what's well, going on. And, and one of the biggest examples of this I was thinking of is during the the wedding, Sonny uh, randomly has an affair with yeah. some lady there. Um, and uh, that, conti- that that's a plot line that comes up again later in the movie. Yeah. But there's never like a moment where it's like, oh big confrontation about it which I mean not that would not be a problem necessarily like you could do something with that but they don't even feel the need to address it they're just like this is a character thing about a character yeah. flaw in him that you know he's cheating on his wife he's a hothead he's impulsive he'll do yes. whatever he feels like yeah and it's immediately telling you kind of what he's about yeah uh, yeah and and that sort of thing is, is throughout the movie where you just see character I mean all of, of uh, Marlon Brando's mannerisms as Vito just you know, yeah. he smelled the the bit where he smells the rose uh, at the end of kind of his introductory scene, mm-hmm. and and just the way he scratches his head and like just everything he does kind of exudes what his character is and, and how he's a very thoughtful. Yeah. Um, well, let's go of. ahead and talk about Marlon Brando. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, I'll, I'll I'll describe kind of Francis Ford Coppola's experience trying to get him on board. <laughs> sure. So he wanted he was the one that was like, I want Marlon Brando. He's this great actor, but apparently, like, everyone in Hollywood kind of didn't like him and whatnot. Right. Because um, he's kind of notorious for being difficult to work with. Mm-hmm. So they're like, no, he's too much of a liability. If you can get him to work for free, and I think there were a couple other stipulations, we'll have him on board. Um, and so they kind of just had a makeup test where they were filming him. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, just messing with his hair and whatnot. And he put cotton balls... Huh. Um, in his cheeks. That's why his cheeks look like that. Interesting. Um, yeah. And then he, he just, like, slowly became Vito. And, like, he just, like, like in the footage. And they showed it to the studio. And they're like, oh, my God, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't like Marlon Brando just as a person and as a professional actor. I sure. think he's kind of a hack. Especially when it's, like... When they had him on, uh, not just Superman, but also uh, Apocalypse Now, where he was so yeah. lazy, he just gained a bunch of weight, which is not in that Colonel Kurtz, I think is his name. Like that's mm-hmm. not in that. That's not how that character is described. And they had to feed him lines because he didn't learn them. Right. Like he he wasn't professional at all. And I think that just speaks to pure skill that he's able to be that command to have that commanding of a presence and he's just Mm -hmm. like the laziest hack (laughs) which is kind of a weird i don't know if a random tangent for a moment here but the the fact that so that was in apocalypse now yes also directed by francis ford coppola of course which is which which is funny because i like that movie a lot until brando shows up and then i think it just kind of goes off the rails right i forget what the um I forget how this actually like plays out, but that, so obviously there's a book Heart of Darkness, which Apocalypse yeah. Now is an ad, an adaptation of for a because Heart of Darkness is about Africa and Heart yeah. of Darkness or Apocalypse Now is about Vietnam, right? Yes. And so, um, yeah, yeah, and <clears throat> I I believe they made a documentary about Apocalypse Now, and I want to say that was called Heart of Darkness. Yes. And then they made Tropic Thunder as a parody of that, and Tropic Thunder is all about actors who are just a complete mess to work with yes um which is just the that's 
There's so many there's levels a lot, of meta. There's a lot in there. There's a lot in there. Um, and I, I, I guess suppose that's part of why it's a movie about that is because they're partially hearkening back to Marlon Brando and his yes. antics. But yeah, um, Hollywood's a weird place. Yeah. Especially uh, pre-80s like 80s Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even like pre-90s Hollywood. I mean, it's still weird today, don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. Still very screwed up. But especially back then when there was like no accountability. People are running by. I apologize if that picked up on the audio. I heard nothing, but... I'm feeling the rumblings. It's upsetting me. <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Anyways. But yes, Marlon Brando is excellent in the movie. Despite mm-hmm. my, my reservations about him, he, he has a wonderful screen presence. And the way he transforms in... Uh... After after he gets shot, kind yeah. of the way he he pulls back the entire scene with him um, playing with his grandson, mm-hmm. uh, where he dies is where he has the heart attack is just uh, like it, it's so authentic. Well, I'm just trying to think of of how they would do it today. They wouldn't give him like a quiet death like that. It'd have to be a dramatic thing where he's like him getting gunned down would be the scene where he gets killed. I mean, um, not even necessarily that. I think, but just yeah, it wouldn't be. We have a five minute scene where it he's feels with his kid. Half the movie feels like it's a documentary more yeah. so than than like an actual fictional narrative. Exactly. I don't know. It's it's very, it's very subdued because it realizes just the impact that the story and the characters have. It doesn't need to be flashy. Mm-hmm. It's great. It really is. It. I mean, authentic is a great is like one of the best words I can use to describe like the performances and everything because yeah. It, it again again goes back to the realism you were talking about and, and kind of comparing it to to Nolan's Batman trilogy. Yeah. Well, Where, one thing one thing this has over Nolan's trilogy: when people get shot, they bleed. <laughs> yeah. But also, Sonny's um, death scene is just—it's <laughs> the most brutal thing because he I, manages to get out of the car, and they just don't stop shooting him. I, I and they a, even shoot him after he's just on the ground dead. I have a hard time. And then they out, kick him in the head. Yes. What the uh, um the hard or what the most brutal death of this movie is i think it's got to be that out of pure violence luca Brasi's like, death is pretty yeah where, where luca's getting strangled and his eyes are red and he's he's yeah and, and we just watch him and they they, <laughs> they hold his hands and shove a knife in one of them so he can't move mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but i was also thinking um when they strangle carlo in the car and his mm-hmm. feet smash through the windshield, and the, yep. the the shoe is just like taking up half the screen, and just like <laughs> kicking around. That's I really wanted a... them. I really wanted one of them to be like, "Ah, oh, they ruined the windshield. We could have just stabbed him in the <laughs> back, like outside like, the car." That's a it, that, that's a, a funny thing to point out. Is like like ah, oh, the shoes right there, but that's also like a really brilliant way to shoot that. Mm-hmm. It's just very interesting. Like it's it's something that I I I don't know how you think of something like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and there's there that, there's a lot of stuff like that in this movie where it's just the movie does such creative things. I mean, obviously the horse sequence, the horse head sequence, which um, 
when you step back from the reality of the movie for a second, you're like, the blood is all underneath the sheet. Like, there's nothing on the floor or anything. How did they get the horse head up there? Like, there's some questions like that you could ask. Or like, they're clearly did very they sneak inventive. Him, did they sneak him drugs to knock him out to get him into bed? Like, how does? So my thinking was that they snuck the horse head into the bed before he got into the bed. I feel like he would have felt the blood. Potentially. Maybe maybe they got him drunk. Maybe they made, they paid a servant to get him drunk. Not necessarily drug, but just enough that he was just like, ah, oh, I gotta get into bed. And then he yeah. flies into bed, and then maybe the horse blood seeps out across, overnight. I don't know. Now, that's, that's my more modern sensibilities where I have to <laughs> nitpick and criticize every little thing. So, uh, check out the top ten plot holes missed in The Godfather. <laughs> you thought it was a classic? Well, not really, because there's plot holes and this movie sucks. Welcome to Film Fails. We talk about <laughs> movies that you think are good but actually suck. Can we make that YouTube channel? <laughs> I kind of want to. I kind of want to. We'll be in the next CinemaSins, but we'll we need, actually we need be, to do that. We'll actually be comedy. We need to they, do that. They claim to be comedic, but yes, they're true. also trying to be legit film criticism, and they have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, we need CinemaSins is the worst, by the way. I'm going to go ahead and declare exactly. that. We need to do that and cover every A plus movie we've talked about, and like any other movies that are not part of our franchise that yes. we would consider A plus movies, and then just like talk about why they all suck. Yes. Correct. And then see how many people we can convince that we're actually like being serious because yeah. you know that's the old the old adage adage. No, no, no. I don't know how adage. That, but adage. You, yes. No, you know what we need to do. Each of adage. us takes our favorite movies and does that. Like you need to do that for Infinity War <laughs> and yes. try and do it exactly. with a straight face. <laughs> Top 10 reasons why Infinity War is worse than Thor the Dark World. But literally all the reasons are, why didn't Thanos turn uh, the world into a giant block of cheese? And like, every single thing is just a variation on that. Why didn't Thanos turn everyone into puppies? Puppies get along! Why didn't Thanos just give everyone a Hershey bar? Hershey bars bring us all together. (laughs) Sponsored by Squarespace. Oh my goodness! Uh, I'd be happy if we got a sponsorship from Squarespace. I'm not. I'm you know not. what? It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, The Godfather. Um, beyond the the logistics of sneaking a horse head into somebody's bed, that's that's such a great again great bit where there's a scene. Got a scene. We don't we don't watch the horse go on a race and like like we don't have the guy like betting on the horse and it's like oh this is my best race horse and and we don't like spend ten minutes building up how much he loves this horse. Yeah, we see we see it first scene. Guys, like man, really love this horse. I'm gonna use it to breed more horses. They're gonna yeah. be great horses. You're gonna love them. And the guy's like that sounds good. Tom Hagen's like yeah, cool. And then they turn around and kill it. And like that's. We, we didn't need to, to dramatize it any more than that, because that's already terrifying. Like, the guy's screams are horrifying when oh, he yeah. finds it. It's just, like, exactly what you would expect. Yeah. It's like... Um, it's like... Well, just so much... So many of the reactions, it almost feels like they're improv It feels... Yes. They just feel very natural. I don't know. There is a reason why people call Coppola one of the greats. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Directing and all about cinematography. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it feels very documentary style, and I think that that really helps to sell the world. Just ask Michael Bain. <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> well, what yeah, a legend. Uh... Oh no! Where do you where do you want to go next with this? Because I feel like we've kind of covered broad impressions. We're already forty five minutes in. Um, My favorite he's... scene might be the restaurant scene. Yes. Oh my! Where Lord. Michael has to go in and talk with. Uh, uh, what's his name? So so Soloso 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 and also the the police captain McCluskey's there. Yep, as backup. And they, they've intricately planned, oh, this this restaurant works perfectly for us. We're going to leave a, a revolver in the back room, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to walk out and just shoot them both in the head. And he oh, makes it's sure... so tense. And the and best they... part is, even with the sound editing, uh, ramping up the the uh, train sound, yes. well, like that just drowns out all audio, because it... Michael's just like... He's trying to pump himself yes. up to actually the, go through with it. the entire time you're thinking, is he going to do it? Yeah, because he well, hasn't. There's really, a we second there where you're like, is the gun even back there? Because he he takes yes. it takes a yes. little while for him to find it, and he seems to be like scrabbling for it, and it's like, oh, okay, I think he's found it. Okay, and then he puts it in, and he like smooths 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 his hair. He walks out of the bathroom, and you think, okay, he's going to shoot him. And well, he stares at him for a second. The direction that they give him beforehand is when you walk out, you know, shoot them immediately. But he mm-hmm. decides to mm-hmm. go and sit down first, which is actually kind of the smarter play. Because then, yes. like, you, if you're just you standing miss. there at a distance and they're kind of already concerned that you went to go use the bathroom, like, I yep. feel like that would help to calm them down and make them more susceptible to yes. being shot if you yes. sat they, down first. They emphasize, like, twice, two, two or three times. I mean, they say that they emphasize it a lot more, too. So we're, it's in our head that yeah. he needs to drop the gun, which I'm not entirely clear on why. I'm not going to lie. Um,. I don't know if they if they say that at some point and I miss it. Maybe it's just so if the police are hunting him, like if he gets caught, they're not going to immediately yeah. shoot yeah. him. That's the, that would because they won't sense. think he has a weapon. I don't know. I th- that's probably what they're going for. Is that like they, or maybe they that's just immediately to to give them the evidence instead of them having like constantly. Maybe that would give them more motivation to keep looking for him if the gun was missing as well. I don't know. Yeah, the the murder weapon. I don't know. But know. either way, they emphasize that multiple times. Yeah. And you think, is he going to do it? Like, as he's walking out the door, it looks like he's going to forget. But then he, like, drops it, and he does, like, a very, like, emphasized... He, like, flips action. it out of his hand. Yeah, like, it's and, and, and he expresses a lot of emotion in that... It, it's all, it's almost like he's repulsed by it. Yes. Um, that entire scene is just a master class in everything. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. like... It, it reminds me well, of Also, the, the, the movie, it, it has the guts to have... Salazzo's conversation with Michael for a good portion of that be in Italian, but they don't even provide subtitles. Did they not in the in in theaters? I don't know about in theaters. I know the version I watched ha- half that conversation. There's no subtitles. Interesting. I think. Well, I think I caught that because I because a lot of the time the movie does subtitles. At least in the one I watched, it will do Italian subtitles that are in like yellow font. I don't know if that's the same version you watched. Mm-hmm. I believe oh. so. But then, like the subtitles. It was weird because the subtitles actually translated some of the Italian. Yeah. Uh, in that, but they were like Netflix's subtitles. Um, yeah. And that was interesting uh, because I was wondering if that was the case. And you can tell, like, based on the way the guy is talking, you can actually kind of 
figure out what he's saying. Like I was just listening to the words and he, like the, a lot of the words are very similar. And I was curious if they actually chose the script so that you would catch words like, Oh, respect. I think he, he says something like that. Um, yeah. And he keeps catch, talking, like, he, he keeps talking about veto. Like he keeps yes. bringing them up. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I thought that was super interesting. I'd be very curious to know. I mean, I guess it, it, that would seem like it, that's, that's not the case that, uh, they didn't provide subtitles, which is really interesting. Um, because yeah. you didn't need him. Mm-hmm. You need him. Because and then we're, he we're, says in English. Well, we're also says, in McCluskey's position where he's just yes. like, "I'm just here to eat my dinner. I don't care about their conversation. And then, and I'm then just Michael, here. As, I'm the backup. Yes. Well, backup. <laughs> you're going to get shot in the face. Uh, and then Michael um, immediately or eventually says in English, "I want a guarantee of of my father's safety." And so it's like, yeah, oops, yeah. Um, <sighs> It's a lot. Do we want to talk about the Italy stuff? Sure. I, I appreciate how, again, again talking about how Michael uh, sort of transitions from a... There are things about him that, that felt comedic to me early on, and then he transitions into just a brutal warlord. Yeah. Um, well, because at first he seems almost timid. Yes. Especially at least how, he, how he very much he is to discuss anything with Kay. Exactly. And he's just like, let's just, let's just go live our lives. We don't need to be here. I don't, it's fine. It's all fine. Yeah. yeah. And then quickly everything is not fine. And then mm-hmm. he goes to Italy. But I, I love and the fact like, that... And he's just like, tell this man that I want to marry his daughter. <laughs> oh, that part is great. Because we're, we're, that's such a character... It, it, again, such an interesting set of characteristics that we're getting out of him in that moment where... Well, he hasn't a, even been there that long. He's still got his black eye. From yeah, being punched yeah. by McCluskey. I think they say three months. I think that's 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 yeah. how at that point. Um, and so they say, or well, well, basically they they have the they. He, well, I he don't needs, know if it's a black eye. Didn't he get his jaw broken? Maybe that's... yeah. It's it's just yeah. supposed to be like residual damage. Yeah. Um, although they say later that he has to like get it fixed up by a doctor, so it mm-hmm. might just be that it's like a scar or something. Yeah. Um, but they. Uh, which another just amazing detail that he has that, that a lot of other movies, especially. Um, and I don't want to say movies nowadays because movies back in the time that this movie came out did not all do this. Like this yeah. is just how good this movie is. Yeah. Um. But this movie. Well, this was this was the new wave of mm-hmm. of young directors like Brian De Palma, Coppola, Spielberg, even George Lucas. Um, right. This this was the new wave that kind of changed Hollywood. Yeah. yeah true. Um. I was gonna say. Uh, they they have him have the black eye and like the the, the swollen side of his face. Yeah. For most like a while, yeah, uh, and and a lot of movies would just be like ah, just a punch. He's got a scar. He's got some maybe some blood or whatever, and then it goes away. Yeah, um, but they they emphasize that to be like that's the that's movie something that's does a wonderful job mind. of keeping continuity with little details like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's excellent. Uh, but it's I was almost g- like if you try hard enough, you, you make can that do work. Things. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I was gonna say in that scene where he he talks to the uh the father of the the girl that he sees on you know as they're kind of walking through Italy um you get a he apparently is not quite um is he they're speaking in Italian right like that's what the guy is speaking in I think so is that the idea um, it could be some specific Italian well dialect. I was I was wondering if it was supposed to be maybe Greek because they mentioned the fact that she was like she looked Greek the, the oh, that's girl, true the I don't Greek. know I think it I think the caption said Italian specifically but I could be wrong um but 
he's he's talking in English, um, which is an interesting choice if he's not trying to talk in Italian. Yeah. Um, but but he's emphasizing he's like emphasizing that he wants the respect of this man like he doesn't want this man to feel like he's like he he, he wants to court his daughter but wants to do it properly but right. we're also like he's still got this girl back in america and he's trying to marry this other like yeah we're getting a lot of character stuff all at once here about about kind of what he's the fact that he is sort of capable of uh deception i guess um yeah well, also just what the fact that of him you know, he marries Apollina, and then she she blows up. Yes, yeah. And I mean, obviously, he never that's... tells Kay about her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that we know what, of. That's what I was gonna say. Is it's like, oh, he didn't even just. This wasn't like simple adultery, you know. So he's, well, it's, he's it's... a class. He's a class act. He is marrying <laughs> yeah. another woman behind yeah. her back. But it's um, very clear before, that he yeah. has to. It takes a while for him to get over Apollina's death because when he goes talking to Kay, when he comes back, yes. he's like, "I've been back for a year." And also, so it's very clear that he had to take some time. That very much seems to be a moment that changes him for the rest of the movie, uh, even though they never quite... he They never bring it up again. It's never addressed. I don't um, believe we actually get him and Apollina sharing, like, more than five words with each other. Like, most of their relationship buildup yeah. is nonverbal. Yeah. And I think this movie does a... a it's it's kind of like what you were saying. It, this is a, a good example of two attractive people see each mm-hmm. other and they're attracted to each other, mm-hmm. and then like we don't and, need a whole lot more than that. Well, that and it's also so steeped in the the old way of 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 that kind of like familial marriage arrangement. Of I love the shot of them walking through like a yes. field together, but then you see like all the the female mm-hmm. members of her family following them just to mm-hmm. make sure he doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then you have the two bodyguards with shotguns <laughs> behind them. It's it's a it, it's a fascinating shot. Yes. And of course this the shot where where they're sa- sitting across the table and they're like at at other ends of the table and they look at each yeah. other and smile and she she appreciates Well, cuz for the longest time it's hard to tell if she actually likes him or if she's just yes. like repulsed by him like mm-hmm. i i can't quite tell until that moment yeah it's it does more to establish a relationship establish and end a relationship than most movies do across two and a half hours yep for a single focus Apple and, and, and michael better love story than the entire spider-man trilogy yes it does this across like 15 minutes maybe 20 yes. and then she blows up and then and she it's blows up just horrifying I, I remember watching that for the first time. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I'd gotten up for like, I think I'd gotten up at that point for like three seconds to get some, some water. Cause they were, I, I was, I was just listening to the conversation in the background of their like talking about like, oh, you got to go back to America. Sonny's dead. Yeah. 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 And then I just like turn around just in time to just hear, see and hear like, we're just like, oh yeah. God. Well, just, okay that moment where he sees one of his bodyguards like running away from him and it and then yeah. he realizes something's wrong and just his one last cry of just pure desperation where he shouts her name yeah yeah it's oh it's so visceral yeah and there's an interesting element too because i believe it's yeah it's after that scene that we get the scene of all the the, the crime families coming to a truce yes and um Vito Which specifically also felt kind of dark night to me with all yeah. the the gangsters meeting together mm-hmm but Vito specifically uh, says that Michael's not to be harmed, mm-hmm. um, and and it's interesting to watch him talking with Tataglia, t- 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 um, and 
the fact that it's like, does he know? Because it seems, I assume the idea was that that was supposed to. I actually couldn't really tell. Was the idea supposed to be that 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 car was supposed to blow up on Michael or that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's supposed to be like no, no. Because does... there's a line of dialogue where where they specifically say, "Oh, she wants to surprise you. She went and grabbed the car ahead of us." Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So, um, and that's what what I'm I'm curious about, and kind of just adds an extra layer to that is like, does I assume that was a, that was set up by Marzini and uh, Dataglia. Yeah. All these Italian names that we're butchering. Um, <laughs> You're saying them more than I am. They, uh, it, it seems like it's hard to tell if he knows that that failed. Yeah. If, if Tataglia does, like that, you know, that, that didn't work and that only, only, quote unquote, his wife was killed. Mm-hmm. Um, when Don Corleone is saying that. And that's, that's a very interesting layer. And I was kind of waiting to see if that, that played anywhere. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff like that where you you understand what a character's motivation is and what they might be thinking in the background, but it's not it's not super complex or in depth in terms of like you have to track a million things. Just like based on my impressions of of actions these characters have done, I kind of know what they're what they're feeling, and, yeah. and you know, I, I I can make connections to things they did earlier in the movie to be like, ooh, is that going to come up here? We don't need huge exposition dumps where they're holding Barzini at gunpoint and he's explaining his reasoning behind every single yes. thing he's done. No, oh, his, he just gets shot on the steps of I was like, gonna the say, courthouse or something by a death cop. Scene is excellent. <laughs> he gets shot up and then he just tumbles down the stairs and he like does a somersault. Like he does like a handstand out. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah, um, which I guess is is. Maybe the next natural point to talk about, even though it's the end of the movie, um, but just yeah. as we're kind of brushing over the entire thing, it's specifically kind of focusing on some some of Michael's stuff. Uh, the 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 montage with Michael killing all the crime heads and and then sort of the fallout as well with Carlo. Uh, I I a... thought for the longest time that I I didn't even remember what happened to Carlo. Mm-hmm. Um, we still need to talk about Talia Shire. Sure, uh, and we can. But I kept forgetting what how he kind of ends up. I didn't remember if Michael found out about that or, mm-hmm. or what happened. Um, pretty much it stopped at Sonny beats the crap out of him and then he gets shot a million times. Like, that's where my thought process ended before yes. this most recent viewing. Um, was there a line I just love that they bring that, that back at the end. Was there a line before that that betrayed the fact that Carlo did it? that I just missed. I don't think there is because there's a really interesting bit. No, it's just very, it, it, I think it's just supposed to be like just the sequence of events. You can kind of pick up on it yourself where he beats up Connie to like, he beats her so badly. And then, you know, he, you know, uh, she calls Sonny and then he immediately gets killed after that. Yeah. Like, I feel like just in terms of editing the flow of events, you can be like, Oh, Carlo ratted on him. Didn't he? True. True. Because I did not pick up on that until I was I was watching through, it, and then I was like, ah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, because um, he's he specifically Michael specifically says, yeah, you did that. We know that you were the yeah. reason Sonny left the house, and so like it's, yeah, um, the but yeah, the entire sequence with the the baptism and the, uh, and you've the, got the, you've got Michael like, 
oh, I denounce sin, I denounce uh-huh. the devil, and all the works and of everybody's Satan. just getting shot. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and it's it's obviously epic and atmospheric. And yeah. also, um, the... What was I going to say? Um, the the overall, like, kind of character arc of that, of the fact that he is physically becoming a godfather... Yeah. Uh, is just such a, a great full circle. And uh, it's right after the funeral of his father. Um... And just all of that is is such an interesting. It, it's such an inversion bow. on the reluctant hero arc. Yes, yes. Where you even have the mentor, you have Vito telling him, "I never wanted this for you." Mm-hmm. Like I figured, Sonny would be the one that would always get involved. I never wanted mm-hmm. you to do this. Um, and it's that's super tragic. And and the entire angle is what like just just the actual events happening as the movie starts with the wedding of Connie and Carlo, ends yeah. with the baptism of the son of Connie and Carlo, um, and then the death of Carlo. Like, yeah, the 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 elements that are significant in these characters' lives, sort of being symbolic of the overall arc and, and trajectory of of the movie, is uh, I think very well done and kind of the the capstones. Um, on each end of the movie is, is very well done. That's yeah. not how you use capstone, but some <laughs> bookends. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, I'll take yeah. bookends for $200. Uh, no, you're Alex. Ah, oh, uh, see, that's where I was getting confused. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah. You want to talk Indeed. about Talia Shire? Um, it's weird because all I had to gauge on her performances before was the Rocky movies. And I remember you and I were really like, she's great in these, or at least the first couple. Um, but then after that, I, I kind of realized she just has two modes where she's just kind of like normal and then she's shouting. Yeah. Like she's, she's very much an actress that, that's like, shouting is drama. The, uh... Or I was going to say the Leonardo DiCaprio school of acting, but I suppose maybe Leonardo DiCaprio went to her school of acting, is, is what go. we're implying here. Um, but I feel like a lot of the times where she's just kind of losing it, it feels a little forced. Yeah. Like, per- like uh, for example, the just the bit before, you know, Sonny gets killed, where she's just running around the room just breaking yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'm like... This feels over-choreographed. Like, would a person who's that upset just, like, purposely reach up and, like, I'm going to grab that one, knock it down, and that one, knock that, like, sequentially yeah. down the road? I don't know. Some of that stuff felt a little too over-choreographed, and then I guess she... I don't know. I feel like she has a hard time selling me when she's actually, like, losing her mind. I think she does a pretty good job at the end, and it kind of works in the favor of the movie where uh, Michael is like, oh, she's hysterical. I don't know. What... Yeah. Um, which, by the way, uh, the, the final moment of this, moments of this movie where, where Kay's like, did you do it? And he's like, no. And then yeah. like, and like the, the entire psychology of him being like freaking out at her for asking him about, or yeah, asking him about his business and being like, all right, fine. You can, you can ask me one time. And then she does. And you, you're kind of not sure where he's going with this. And he's like, no, I didn't. Yeah, and it's like the psychology of him like making her trust him by initially not wanting to say anything, and and tra- I don't know that that's just such an interesting like conversation that is done so differently than you would expect a, a typical movie to do it, um, and then and then them closing of the door on her and her being like, 
Well, I'm like, uncomfortable. Well, I really like how how she she immediately like softens and she's like, okay, you're yeah. you're Michael. You haven't changed. Let's go grab a drink. And she yeah. goes and walks out, and he just stands it there. Yep. And the other guys just walk in and then close the door on her. Yep. It's like psych. That's the wrong number. <laughs> Jeez, it's a lot. Hmm. Do we want to talk about Fredo at all? How he's just like a constant screw up. Yeah, that carries over into the next one. Okay. Well. He's he's almost not a character in in this. Like I mean, he obviously yeah. he is, but he he's not. He doesn't do much. Well, um, I I think they do a good job of just. It's not that he's he's careless mm-hmm. or that that he's just like I just do whatever I want. It's very clear that he loves his family and he loves yeah. his father and like I think it speaks volumes that both like when he gets shot he's not like call an ambulance someone you know help. He just breaks down crying cuz he yeah. can't believe what's happened. Like he yeah. can't deal with the situation. Like he is not meant for this life. Yeah. Yeah, like he's he's not supposed to be the one who has to handle this kind of thing. Yeah. Um Side note, uh, guy gets shot five st- five times and survives, as opposed to... Oh, you shot me in the arm, I'm dead. Well, yeah, basically, like, like it's such a, a typical thing for movies to... I, I don't know if... They, I feel like this is something that happens a lot more with movies nowadays than movies around this time, where, yeah, it's uh, one shot to the chest, killed him. Yeah, um, which is not really realistic. Uh, on a larger morbid scale, I wonder how much of that is because, um, th- thankfully, uh, there uh, there's not as many people who have had to uh, go to war for America. Yeah. Like there, there's just not. We don't have as many people who have been soldiers uh, these days. I, I assume so. I don't know the exact statistics on that, but I wonder how much of that is just like because I mean well, I know the a lot. fact that it's volunteers. It's not. It's not yes, there's no draft. I know. I know. There's there's a lot of uh, a lot of these people at this time are very influenced by having lived through and and, and been soldiers in kind of the World War Two and uh, Korean War and that sort of thing. And so I'm curious how much of that yeah. influenced kind of the brutal and and straightforward sensibilities of a lot of these directors. Whereas mm-hmm. now it's a lot less lifelike in terms of just like ah, character got shot. That's that. Um, which is not to say, of course, that you can't die from bullets in the chest because. Yes, but it's it's interesting to see a movie that that takes that at face value and is just like no, he wasn't wearing a bulletproof vest or anything. He got shot, yeah, several times. Happened to survive, yeah, because it's not necessarily fatal. Um, that's just an interesting. It adds a bit of it's it's almost like a gamble with the audience's um suspension of disbelief that well, that works very well because it it forces them to be like, man, this is really realistic because the movies the movies not expecting me to like. I don't know. The, the the movie is almost being like, this is realistic and you're going to accept that. And it's like, okay, I guess I will. Well, it's also the reverse as well because a lot of times, you know, there are some times where, when people get shot, mostly main characters, because, oh, hey, is that the script? Yeah. Um, they get shot and they survive pretty yes. easily. Like the recovery process yeah. isn't that long. Mm-hmm. Vito takes a while to get mm-hmm. better and, and even then he's not, the, he's never the same. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, the movie just has a sense of authenticity. Apparently, Johnny Fontaine is supposed to be like a Frank Sinatra 
Oh, I, I, I figured that immediately. <laughs> and, well, I don't know all the facts, but I think there's a whole thing, like a slew of rumors that, that Frank Sinatra had it in with the mafia. Interesting. And stuff like that. So That's I don't funny. know. I don't know how much of that is true, whatever. Apparently, <laughs> the mafia had enough influence that the term mafia is never used in this movie. I don't know if hmm. it's used in the book or not, but there's a reason it's never uttered. Mm-hmm. Um which I find very interesting. Um, and or terrifying. Yeah. And it's just weird how Hollywoodized this feels, but it, it just feels so authentic at the same time. It's a it's a very weird concoction. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this movie exists and is as good as it is. Yep. It's wonderful. Everyone go watch it. Mm-hmm. You millennials, go watch real films. We could spit. We could do a podcast about this movie. <laughs> I mean, we just like, did. No, no, like, like we could dedicate a podcast to watching oh, yeah. like ten minutes of this movie at a time. Yeah, um, yeah. Aren't aren't there podcasts where they watch like a minute of every Star Wars movie and like yeah, that's they sort do of thing. episodes on that. It's like why? <laughs> this <laughs> Whereas, is a movie you could do with that. this one. I feel like you could actually make something of it. This movie feels like it has as much story as the first two Star Wars films. Mm-hmm. Um, the first like, three. Well, I was I'm, I I was thinking just because of the the way it kind of ends. Well, even then, yeah. I'm I'm trying to line it up because I I do feel like there's some. You were talking about the the, the young and upcoming directors. I feel like there yeah. are definitely um, similarities between this and Empire in terms of what we were talking about with the the way the plot moves forward without you ever getting bored, but without there being like necessarily a clear goal. Um, it's not it's not your traditional structure. Yes. Um, sort of that this self-propelling. Movie, this movie is like six acts. Like it's, yeah. it's not like a clearly defined three-act structure. I'm sure you could come up with a defined three-act structure to place on this, but it definitely doesn't seem to be kind of how the movie was broken. It, it's, yeah. You know. Well, when you break it down, it's like, what's the climax? Yeah. I mean, the climax would have to be the, the baptism scene. Baptism I, I, I guess... But but it's all a build towards that and toward, like it's it, it's the entire movie is just increasing um, fractures and and strains upon this family relationship and the the relationship with the other family or the other um, gang yeah families uh, and and just sort of the continued uh, increase of tension and pressure and and Michael sort of less and less being willing to take it. Yeah. Until finally he's just like, I'm killing all of you. <laughs> um, the bit, the the thing where he kills uh, has has Mo Green killed uh, by the shot through the the glasses, the eyes, yes. the glasses. That's again, the the movie's full of just creative stuff like that, and it's not all in in the way that it kills people. Yeah. Uh, it, there is a lot of that, but there's just a lot of uh, choices that it's just like you've just done an extra two seconds of 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 filming or like or like two second shot. Um, an extra bit of production yeah. like you've just done you've made a, swi- a slight tweak that does so much for making the movie feel uh, fully realized um, yep whew. it's a lot <laughs> do we have any other thoughts do we want to move into grades I mean probably but I <laughs> it's nice to go back and see something like this that actually holds up as well as it does um, yep we've we've watched i mean the which is to say it holds up completely <laughs> yes 
because uh, because everyone is kind of like, oh, this is like one of the greatest movies of all time, and I'm it's like, legitimately it. one of the greatest. And I'm like, movies oh of all wait, time. it is. Uh, and I'm not saying that other movies around this time that are nowadays more dated can't also be some of the greatest movies of all time because uh, you do have to take into account the cultural context and the state of film at the time. Um, I mean, I'm thinking of like uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey, which I know uh, we I've we we watched uh, a while ago together. Oh, with some other friends, and uh, it's a strange movie. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go so far to say as I don't like it. Um, I actively dislike sure, 2001: sure. Space Odyssey. I can't, I can't blame you for that. But um, but at the same time, uh, but I'm judging it on different standards. Exactly, you're judging. it You by can't age. judge it on traditional plot and character standards. Well, just not even that. But you're not. You're judging it based on you live in the the. I mean, for one, the 21st century. Like, yeah. It, it, I can see how that was like a groundbreaking movie at the time, and the same goes for, um, Blade Runner. Think, yeah, Blade Runner. Exactly. That's ex- actually exactly the example I was looking for. Um, yeah, came out three years after this, right? No, no, no. It was 1984, I believe. Was it? Yeah, it was earlier than that. It's after. Uh, really? R- I thought Raiders. it was in the 70s. No. Okay. That's the 80s. I'm, I, I'm willing to give that movie slightly less of a pass now. Um. Movie's a little dated these days. I, I as someone who had never watched it before, if you go back and watch it now, I think it's a little boring. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but there are a lot of movies like that that people are like, "Man, what a what a seminal." Um, See you know. now, I'm happy that I have Blade Runner 2049 because whenever I'm feeling a Blade Runner mood, you know that yeah. that type of feel, yeah. I'll just watch that instead. <laughs> yeah. Um. But anyway, my uh, I got distracted there. My point is that this is a movie where everyone says, "Hey, this is one of the greatest movies of all time." Movies of all time, and I've heard that forever. And then I went back and watched it, and I agree with them. And that happens. I mean, you look at and I, apparently we're going to deal with this eventually uh, in the near future. Actually, you look there at are the more old rumblings J- outside. I apologize. I'm sure there are. You look at the old James Bond films as, as <laughs> we talk about. Uh, <laughs> Products of their time. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, they're not the Godfather, <laughs> uh, and that's my my thinking is that this movie feels. I mean, obviously, it's got the the way that the lighting and the the kind of texture of the film uh, is definitely you you watch it and you're immediately like, this was a movie that was made at least four decades ago. Right. Um, but in terms of uh, the sensibilities and the the way it handles characters and the way it handles plot this feels like a, a modern film I mean this feels right. like you could you could update the update this slightly so that the visuals are all the same if you somehow were able to pull the, the exact same cast forward in time right did everything shot for shot um, but just had like a modern director doing it a good modern director doing it uh, Christopher Nolan something like that and just told him hey do exactly what they did with this but do it you know, using the production values you have today, um, it would be like n- n- that. That would be the only difference. Would be the 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 only difference you need to make would be the production value. I think, in terms of just what we can do better with with visuals these days. No, I think it's perfect. That's, I'm not saying it's not perfect. I'm saying it should not be no, no, no. remade. I'm not saying it should be remade. Um. Nobody should my, ever touch this. My, it's no, 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 too no, no. good for this my, world. Yes, yes, I realize that. My point 
is that the movie feels like it could be made today. That's what I'm getting at. Okay. Like, like I'm saying, you, you watch the movie and you can tell it was not made today, but the movie feels like it could be made today. Right. And I'm saying if you if you updated it, that would be all you needed to update to make it a modern movie. Um, weird. It's, I get that's a weird argument to make, but I, I think it's true in, just in terms of how uh, easy this is to watch, I guess. My, my best way to put it. As as a millennial or whatever I am living in 2018, I'm giving it an A plus. I am as well. I have no complaints. Uh, have we? Thank ever... you for your service. Okay, so we both gave Fellowship and Return of the King A pluses. I'm trying to okay. see where we've agreed on this A plus shenanigans. Um... That's Logan, probably the only time. Logan, we both gave an A+. Plus. What? Oh, Logan, Logan, we both right. gave an A+. Plus, and Rocky, we both gave... I think every time I've given an A+, plus, you've given an A+. Plus. That's not true. I believe you gave one of the Terminator, or the first Terminator. Oh, yes, that's true. Oh, yeah. You gave it an A-, minus, you hack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Movie's better than the Terminator. They're different animals. I can't... I, they are. I don't know. I can't... I can't judge them like that. All right, but picture this. Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> playing this. the Godfather. <laughs> I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. You don't even pay me the respect to call me Godfather. Yeah. See, I, I always have to start my, my... Or to do an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression in order to get you to do one. Because yours is like... It does sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mine's just like yelling in a monotone <laughs> voice. Like I don't actually have an, an impression, so I just have to put the ball in your court and let you take it from there. Um, yeah, good movie though. I could do a Joel Schumacher. Now remember, Marlon, you're supposed to tell him that you're gonna make him an offer that he can't refuse. I don't know if the mic is picking up what's going on outside. And I, I heard I, something there. I'm, I'm upset. I'm sure they're ruining the audio quality of this podcast. <laughs> it's their fault because we've never done that before. <laughs> yeah, nobody go back and watch it or or listen to our alien review. Don't go back and listen to any of our reviews. <laughs> like, why do we even try? <laughs> Every. Every time a new episode comes out, all other episodes are rendered canonically uh, uh, false. <laughs> they're they're yes. no longer part of the Here Comes this, the Sequels canon. The Godfather is officially the first episode of this podcast until next week's episode, which will then be <laughs> the first episode of this podcast. Lord. No more thoughts. Go watch it. It's totally worth it. Even if you have to split it up into snippets. Because you can't handle Which a three-hour really, movie. I really don't think anyone needs to. I, I think this is enough where you can you can seriously just um, jump in and... If you if can you, binge Arrow exactly. season whatever like, in a weekend, you can watch The Godfather. This is the most exciting three episodes of television you'll ever watch, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> deal with it. Um, yeah. I'm curious how, how we're going to feel about the second one. Because everyone... I, I think universally, I I, th- I believe the second one is, like, the best one. Yes, that's what I've heard. To, to most people. It's like the Shrek series. 
realistically, it's I, I from my understanding, it's a lot like the Star Wars trilogy, original trilogy. Um, from what or, I know. Oh my god! Or the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I don't think. I, I I'm talking about in terms of the first. Is two- Sophia Coppola's performance as bad as Talia's death scene in The Dark Knight Rises? That's the true judge. So to, to clarify, Talia's death scene in The Dark Knight Rises <laughs> uh, uh, is potentially the equivalent of an entire terrible performance. Yes, by by a starring character in a movie. Yes. Okay. Just Most to make sure that was, we had that on record. You're in the minority on that one. All right, I believe it. Her death scene Today on Film Fails, we're talking about why The Dark Knight Rises is the worst movie ever made. I I legitimately think I could frame it in a way where it makes it sound like I hate it and it's the worst movie ever made. <laughs> I think I could frame it that way. I have but stuff the question next is, to me can that you... just keeps falling. I apologize. So the question is, can you come up with better uh or with, with like different terrible arguments for why the movie is bad? Well, I can break it down by story. I can break it down by acting. No, 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 I can I'm, break I'm it saying, down can, by technical can, can stuff. Can you can you come up with bad arguments for why the movie is bad? That's 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 what we're going for here. Yeah, there's not enough Batman in the movie. What is it about a no, character? No, 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 I don't I don't want to retread. I want I want new. Material. Oh, you want new? Okay, I'll have to think about that. There's no way Heinz Ward would have been able to outrun that explosion. <laughs> The average speed of a football player is. Why does why does a uh, little finger at the beginning of the movie call himself CIA? That's not actually his name. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I want to do it do this channel, and I want I want the perspective to be uh, aliens uh, are watching other channels like this and trying to figure out how to generate their own film criticism to like infiltrate our minds yeah and they're they're determining that this is what people want in film criticism yeah I don't know I don't know I don't know what we're waiting on here we both seem like we're I'm waiting for you to close it out is what I'm waiting for. <laughs> you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us through email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. You can find, our, find us on Twitter at hctsequels. And you can also find us on iTunes and YouTube if you just search Here Come the Sequels. Indeed, indeed. Tune right. in next week for Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2. There's a whole compilation of videos that I found where Robert Pattinson is in interviews and he absolutely hates Twilight. <laughs> and he's very candid about it. Where he's just like, yeah, I started reading the book and it's just it's just complete crap. <laughs> Was this after the, the final movie? It's interviews, like, while the movies are being made. It's delightful. Okay. Sure. Where he's just like poking logic holes in the story and stuff, and he's like, "Yeah, if you if you actually like if 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 Edward existed in real life, he'd be a just be like a terrible murdering prick." <laughs> Amazing. J.K. Rowling's coming under a lot of fire for things 
recently, and I'm like, check it, Rowan. What is you doing? Um, she's writing terrible Fantastic Beast movies. <laughs> That's what she's doing. I'm very excited to see the next one. I'm not gonna lie. From to what date I've the heard... podcast again, he's referring to the Crimes well, of Grindelwald. I could which just came be saying, out the weekend that we're discussing. For Godfather? all they know. I mean, we haven't talked about it yet, so for all they know, I could just be talking about watching it ahead of reviewing it, but now you've ruined it. So it's now all I've ruined it. Your it's fault. all my fault. I was um, going to say, you could be referring to the next, next one. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward Which to Which is going to be called one. Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's literally just going to be the same movie, except instead of Johnny Depp. It Like, it's Johnny Depp still in the movie, but they have the Warner Brothers logo superimposed on his face. Mm-hmm. That's the only change. Okay with this. I'll see that in IMAX. Yeah. <laughs> as long as he gets horribly murdered at the end. Oh, that's harsh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we're gonna you know be... what's funny? I just realized. So Johnny Depp is in Fantastic Beasts. Amber Heard is in Aquaman. They're both Warner Brothers properties. Mm-hmm. I find that fascinating. Your, your mistake was thinking that Warner Brothers cares about people. <laughs> Got him. That's that's why you're confused. Uh, but yeah, uh, we we will be spending more time uh, in the the seventies and sixties. Yeah, well, do we want to review our plan again? Because nobody. Yeah, I think, the Ant- I think we listened established- to the Ant Man and the Wasp episode because nobody cares about that movie. So let's let's go over. Her- Except for you, apparently. <laughs> that movie sucks. I think we established. Uh, the the what we were doing after the fact. I, I don't think we actually yeah. said the figured out our plan on the podcast. So, so we're current, doing the Godfather. Our trilogy. current plan, um, which is subject to change, but we are doing the Godfather trilogy. We are then, is it we will then be doing Fallout? Yes, Mission, Mission Impossible, Impossible Fallout. So we'll jump from the the seventies and is is the Godfather three in the nineties? I believe it's it's either late eighties or early nineties. I can't recall off the um, top of my head. Yeah, so we'll be we'll be it's nineteen ninety, uh, so we'll be doing that, uh, and oh, then we'll, we'll be there. You go. We'll be jumping ahead, jumping jumping to Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, then we'll be going back to uh, the olden days with uh, the Man with No Name trilogy, um, which is is that a fistful of dollars, a few dollars more, and good, uh, bad, good, bad, bad, ugly. Okay, uh, so those were in looks like the sixties through the seventies, maybe. Um, and then we'll be doing the Twilight series. Oh no, 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 no. sorry, sorry, we're, sorry. You're we're right. Doing you're right. Sean you're right. Connery Bond. First. It's it's better than that. We're doing Sean Connery Bond, and then we're doing the Twilight series. And then we're doing Roger Moore Bond after it. Have we? We're breaking have we, up. We're breaking up James Bond with Twilight. I, I'm not. I wasn't sure if I agreed to Roger Moore Bond, but that sounds good enough that I'll I'll, I'll do it. Do I think it. that's just delightful. I'm okay with that. All right. I want. I really want somebody. To, once we're done with all of this, to to listen through. Um, so, so they're they're not even paying attention to the episodes. Like they just have them set to like play mm-hmm. one after the mm-hmm. other, and they'll listen to. Okay, so they've started James Bond. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to the end of Diamonds Are Forever. Okay, yeah, yeah. Next one's Live and Let Die. Roger Moore, whatever. And then we start talking about Twilight, and they're like, what? <laughs> well, it's that and the fact that when when are the Sean Connery movies through the sixties and seventies? Yes. So it's it's we'll spend three franchises talking about these these classic uh venerated films um from yesteryear 
Uh, and then we'll be talking about Twilight. Yes. <laughs> After like ten episodes. Ancient, venerated films from yesteryear. <laughs> Twilight Breaking Dawn Saga Part 3. The Redemptioning. <laughs> the Redemptioning. Alright, that's all I got. Yep, that's all I got. Sounds good. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time for The Godfather Part 2. Part I-I, as it's referred to, by no one. Thank you for listening. What's my phrase at the end of this? Oh yeah, art is subjective. <laughs> Nothing is real. I'm, I'm, I'm like Vito at the end where he's like forgetting stuff. He's slipping up a bit. I'm an old man, Tyler. I'm slipping up. <laughs>